0: Hey there, and welcome to Networking School, a podcast to sharpen your networking knowledge and add to your network. Join me each week for powerful interviews, strategies you can implement immediately, and connections to professionals you need to know. My name is Tish Times, and I am a sales and networking expert. I've been in the connection business my entire career, and for more than 10 years, I have been teaching entrepreneurs entrepreneurs and sales teams to stop wasting time and money with ineffective networking. In addition to running a professional networking organization, I am in love with coaching entrepreneurs to sell with authority and network with confidence. Some of my clients have increased their income by more than 300% with the intentional networking strategies that I teach. It's time to stop playing with your income. It's time for more connections, more confidence, and more clients. It's time for networking school. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have been like this all day, looking forward to having this conversation with Miss Sharice Irby, and it's for a variety of reasons. First and foremost, we've been in each other's world for about six years now. Um, I've had the pleasure of having her come and speak in um, one of our networking groups that I I run, the diversity and inclusion department for. Um, I've had the opportunity to hear her online for years but this is the first time we get a chance just to have a serious one on one conversation. And guess what? Y'all get to do a sneak peek <laughs> into our conversation. So I'm going to give you just a couple of tidbits and then we're just going to let Charisse go because I want her to tell you a little bit about herself. Um, you know, she is, she would say, and we have this in common, by the way, that she is an introvert and loves to go unnoticed sitting in a corner somewhere. However, sparks a night when she gets a microphone in her hand a computer keyboard under her fingertips or someone feeling defeated in her presence i love that because i'm very similar i'm going to ask you because they're going to get to read the formal bio tell us something about yourself that's not in your bio sharice okay so you know
1: first of all thank you for having me on here i am just so excited anytime i can be in your midst it's an absolute blessing Uh, What I would want someone to know about me that's not in my bio is that I am a, um, man, I'm a down-to-earth, chill girl who has a mandate on her life that will not let her stay in her corner by herself. Mm. And I know that that point is in my bio, but I really want people to understand that, no matter who you are, no matter what decisions, how you've lived your life, when God has a mandate on your life, your personality, all of your quirks, they go out the window because that takes precedence. And, and I am, I'm just as chill, you know, laid back, fun girl next door. Uh, but most people, would just never really know that from my bio because you know I'm an operations girl. There's all these other things that go in there. And so most
0: people, when they meet me, they're like,
1: okay, you're not really what I expect. I'm loving this.
0: <laughs> you know, I think when people see you because you're very active, wonderfully active on social and most people probably see you on a stage behind a microphone or in front of a camera and probably make some assumptions that you are always on. And I love the fact to read that, you know what? I'm just who I am and I can applaud that for sure. (laughs) For sure, absolutely. I'm just chilled, I'm just really low, you
1: know, I'm low maintenance, you know, all of those things, Tish. I'm a girly girl, but I don't get into all the glam and stuff until it's action is action. Right. Any other right. time you're going to see me in my natural face, my natural hair,
0: you know, just chilling. I hear you. I hear you. So something that stood out for me years ago, you didn't know I was going to do this, but years ago, something that stood out for me because one of the things that I teach, we're talking here on networking school, right? I teach a lot around networking and making great connections and making an impression. So a few years ago, when I held my very first conference here in Phoenix, I extended an invitation and Sharice took me up on the invitation and she came and she was all in and participated. But this is what stood out for me, that after the event, what Sharice did was she, she physically mailed me a copy of her book, Whole Woman Win. And I know you have more books since this, but I just remember feeling like what a huge dishonor, and what a way to be remembered, and that 's probably one of the reasons that I have followed you so closely was that people just don 't always think about doing those things that really cause you to stand out, really cause people to take a look and say, "Oh my God, you know everybody came, maybe somebody sent a thank you card. Very few people do those types of things, but no very few people i won 't say no one, but very few people think about taking these types of steps and say, Hey." I appreciate you, I saw you, and here I want you to remember you know, our connection. So what makes you do things like this, Cherise? So can I just share a little
1: bit of history because you brought that up, because yeah. here's what's important about that moment. And, and you know, I'm transparent in everything that I say, you put an offer because somebody canceled their ticket and you right. said, if somebody wants to come, I have this ticket, the first person, Here's what was significant that you had no idea about, Tish. I had left, your event started, I think, on a Thursday or a Friday, right? A Thursday. Uh, Earlier, or that, it was a Thursday, right? So earlier that week, I left my job. I was in a situation where I had to make a decision. That's a whole nother podcast. Basically they gave me an ultimatum. You know, I was in senior management. They gave me an ultimatum that I felt was unethical Mm -hmm. and I had to make a decision on what I was going to do. And I decided to walk away from my high six figure income and completely go into entrepreneurship. And I was about a year ahead of my plan. Mm -hmm. I made that decision And no sooner than I made the decision, I was like, girl, did you make the right decision? Because, you know, that direct deposit coming into that that bank account is going to hit a little different where that direct deposit doesn't come in. And I thought, I need something to jumpstart because I'm starting to have second thoughts if I made the right decision. And you made that offer and I jumped on it and I came to that event in a place of needing to be fed and I was looking for something that I didn't necessarily know what it was, but I was looking for something that I needed to confirm that I was on the right track and I didn't need to go back to them and say, wait a minute, I think I was hasty and I know that I disagree, <laughs> yes. but can I slide back into my position? I need that direct deposit. Right. And I got that at your event. And I I came in and I was low key. I intentionally didn't step into any mics. I intentionally, because I really needed to be imparted into. I, I needed to be deposited into. And I was looking for some confirmation. And I got that. And I was appreciative. And I wanted you to know that I was there. And I just wanted you to remember me because I knew that we would be connected through the years.
0: That's what made me do that. Wow, I'm so glad I asked that because I never knew that. I had no idea. And I tell you what, it worked because I think we've we've always been connected in some way, shape, or form. Um, you've been in my heart and you know this, and we'll we we may or may not, it depends on what, what happens, get into some. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Some personal things that have happened, but yeah. when I say you've been in my heart, you know you may or may not know that you've been on my prayer list. You know we've we've been connected even when we've not been in the same room, and so absolutely. So I'm sure that that worked. And I know when we had the opportunity to bring in a speaker, you know, with Nabo, you were the first, I was like, I know, I know somebody that needs to come and speak. And you did, and you rocked the house that day. So I'm glad that you did that because it did exactly what you intended. And it kind of planted you in my heart for sure. So thank you for that. And thank you for sharing that story. So that that brings me to a question I do want to ask is who have you had to become, Sharice? in order to enjoy the level of success that you currently have. And I I have seen um, some of the things that you do, and I'm going to have you share a little bit deeper about what you do. Um, I've seen the international trips. I've seen the books. I've seen lots of things happening, but I have to imagine that you didn't start out this way. So who have you had to become in order to enjoy the level of success that you currently have?
1: This is such a basic answer that's probably going to surprise you. I've had to become Charisse. Mm. I did not know. And and this is going to be awkward coming from me. Um, I had to become Charisse, and I had to become comfortable in who I am because I don't fit the mold, right? I break the mold. I break everything that you're taught, all the right things to do. And I break all that because I have to be just me. Uh, But there was a lot of expectations on me growing up. Kish, you know, I tell people that I was a a church baby, church girl. I, I, my mother practically gave birth to me on the pew in the church. Mm -hmm. I, the CME church. I was raised up in that environment. Uh, I'm the girl who did all the speeches. I did all the, you know, all the talks, and I was. A president of the youth and young adult and the church conference sent me to the Bahamas to represent our young people. And they flew me everywhere. There were all these great expectations on me. My mother was a woman of excellence. Uh, She was in the community. She was heavily involved. You know, she was a great woman. Everyone who knew her loved her. I had a high level of expectation on me. And growing up, I felt like I can't be my mother. I can't measure up. So I spent a lot of my life feeling like I didn't measure up. Mm. I, I I was uh, promiscuous. I had my son out of wedlock. I had him early. You know, I, I felt like I kind of was letting everyone down. I didn't take the path that people thought I was going to take. And, and part of it was rebellion. Part of it was me being molested. Just all this stuff that went into. And, and so I spent a lot of time comparing myself to my mother, who is my hero. And I felt like I could never be her. And, yeah. and I spent so much time trying to be her instead of just being Sharice. And something clicked for me. My mother passed away when I was 24, 25. It devastated me. Yeah. At the same time, it forced me to stop chasing her Mm-hmm. And to become Charisse, learn who I was, what I like. For years, I would tell people, they say, what's your favorite color? And I would say, purple. Purple was my mother's favorite color. Wow. And so because it was her favorite color, I felt like it had to be my favorite color. But my favorite color is fuchsia. I, I like it. fuchsia. That's <laughs> my favorite color. And I'm proud to say that. Uh, but for years. You know, I didn't smile for years because my mother had this beautiful, radiant smile. Well, I have a gap. I have a lift. To me, I had an ugly smile because my smile wasn't like my mother's. So Mm -hmm. for 30 years of my life, I never smiled. You can look at all my children pictures all the way until I was in my 30s. You will never see me smiling in my photos. So to answer your question, I had to become Sharice. I had to say, this is who I am. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. This is how I choose to show up. And this is me. I'm educated. I have my master's in health administration. I've gone to school. I have my paralegal certificate. I have ran large operations team. I've had teams in El Paso, Scottsdale, Uh, In um, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and in India. I am a very, I I kill the game in the corporate arena, all of that. But at the end of the day, I got to be me. I have my way of speaking, I have my way of showing up, and I had to become Sharif. And when I I became Sharif, when I stood in my truth and my authentic self, true success happened true success, because success to me is how I impact my sphere of influence. And I begin to have a greater impact when I sit in my truth.
0: Girl, see, you're going to maybe pull out the orange clapper and just give you an orange applause because that was so good. <laughs> I love that answer because I think there are so many people, people well-known and people lesser known, who are still struggling to figure out who they really are supposed to be in lieu of who everyone has told them they should be. So I can totally resonate with what you just said, and I I feel the same way. I think um, I had a woman, Sharice, years ago, very dear friend of mine, uh, one of my, my word sisters, She lives in Colorado. I live here in Phoenix now. I used to live in El Paso, by the way. Mm -hmm. But um, we met in Dallas for our conference. Didn't even know she was going to be there. 3,000 plus women in this conference. She and I run into each other at one of the halls. And she said, I knew you were going to be here. And God told me to tell you to stop striving and just be. And that's all she wow. said. And the moment she said it, I knew exactly what she meant because I had wow. been striving and trying and being everything that I should thought I should be. And I finally got to where I could just sit very comfortably in my own seat, stand in my own shoes. And so I get what you're saying. And thank you for saying that because you're going to help somebody. Somebody's going to hear what you just said and be like, oh my God, that's the secret. That's it right there. So I appreciate that. If you could sum up your journey in one word, what would that word be? Here I go again,
1: Tish. See, you,
0: someone's probably
1: thinking, I I thought this girl was going to be all deep and all, you know, if I had to sum up my journey in one word, that word would be mine. Mm. What I've learned is that this journey is made for me. I just put that on a t-shirt, Tish, because... I would give nothing for my journey. At one point in time, I wish that I would. I was like, why, why, you know, in my life, I have to work very hard for every single thing that I have nothing has been easy or given to me. And I would look at other people's lives and I'd be like, man, it was, it was so easy for that to happen. This just came to them. You know, a million dollars fell out the sky, you know, just yeah. all of this stuff. And I'm over here like grinding and hustling and, you know, holding down three jobs and being a single mom. And, you know, my life has just been so... And so I, I'm going to admit there's times where, I long to have had an easier road and a lighter path, a lighter burden. But what I've come to realize is that journey has made me the woman that I am and it's my journey. God already knew when he created me in my mother's womb, he already knew what my journey was going to look like, what my path was going to look like. He already knew what I was going to have to go through to be the woman that he could use to speak to the women who he has appointed to me. So I had to go through my journey to be able to, to stand in my truth and to be able to serve the women that I serve. Had I not gone through those things, I would not be worthy to be in a position to be able to serve the women because I would have no substance. Mm. I would have no substance. It would be shallow. I would be teaching you and speaking to what I heard, what I read and not what I know to be true. And I came to this place because of my journey. So it's mine. No one else's journey is going to look like my journey. No one else is going to feel the way that I feel because of my journey. It's mine. I own it. I love it, I won't give nothing for it. It has not been easy, it has been challenging, it's been uncomfortable, there have been great highs, there's been very low lows, there's been some plateaus, but at the end of the day, Tish, it is mine. So It was
0: made for me. So number one, you will be the first person who gets two Orange applause, because for those of you all who are listening and not watching, I have these orange clappers that come out when I just get so excited by something our guests say, because, again, I would much rather people come and just share their story, share their truth. I hate sending, I told you, I hate sending the questions, because I just want to hear who you are, and you are giving us all of that and more, way more. And when people are able to embrace literally who they are and recognize that, and and you know, you know who I am, so it it always goes here, and I'm not I'm not gonna apologize for that, but I believe God does not make a mistake, he knows exactly what he's doing, the highs, Mm -hmm. the lows, the ups, the downs, the hurts, the joys, all of those things are built into our makeup so that we're ready in order to be able to, like you said, to serve, to impact to give, all of those things. So for those of you all who are listening, even if you're finding yourself in one of those low lows right now, embrace it because you cannot imagine what the other side will look like, not only for you, but for the people you're called to serve. I was in an abusive relationship, Cerise, when I first, my first marriage, my husband Roy Times says, please tell the people it wasn't me. So it was not Roy times, but I was in a previous relationship in an abusive, you know, an abusive situation. And as hard as it is for me to say this, because I know people, especially if they're there, can't even relate to when I say this. It was horrible. I would not wish it on my worst enemy, but I wouldn't trade it because it made me who I am. The strength, the confidence, all the things that people see now came from pieces of my journey. So I, oh God, completely agree with you. Um, but it's not always easy, right? Those, pe- those peaks and valleys, the peaks are fun. The valleys are not, right? The valleys are
1: treacherous. Yeah. And at the time you're like, man, Lord, this is where you got me. But yeah. I've come to understand that the valleys come to teach us and to prepare us. Yeah, And you can't have the peaks without the valleys. You can't go high if you haven't been low. And one of the things that I want to say, because my first marriage was abusive as well, not physically, but Mm -hmm. financially, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, every other. I think the only reason he never hit me is because of my brothers and my sons. And he just knew that if he hit me, somebody would come after him. I think that's the only reason he never hit me. Um, but there's a line in Diary of a Mad Black Woman. If anybody watched that, that, that used to be my favorite movie. But in there, she says that she appreciates having a bad man, a bad marriage, because it helped her to be able to identify a good one. Yes. And one of the things that I say is because of my abusive relationship, it really gave me a great appreciation for my husband who just passed away for Michael uh, because he was such a wonderful man. But had I not entered into that, had I not been through that bad relationship, I might've misappropriated my relationship with Mike and taken him for granted. Mm-hmm. Had I not understood what I really had and I understood what I had because I, I didn't have it in that first relationship. And so I wholeheartedly agree that, in that relationship, it didn't feel good. It it was a horrible relationship to be in, but it made me who I am. And it gave me an appreciation for for men and men who have a character and integrity and who strive to be men of valor and who strive to live out the work. It gave me a different appreciation for those men.
0: I I completely agree. And I think that I um, am able to enjoy my relationship more now because of what I experienced. I often say, God, you just really, you know, you must have blessed me because of all of the stuff I went through previously. He gave you triple for your trouble. Instead of double, he
1: gave you triple. He was like, look, girl, I'm going to take care of you because of what you
0: went through. I got you. For sure. Absolutely. So, so Sharice, earlier I said, maybe we'll get there, maybe we won't, but you open the door and I want to talk about this because, come on, come the, on. so the one thing that I observed, I don't know how many people have shared this with you or if anyone has, um, from a distance. You know, I, I was I was with you, if you will, from a distance, you know, praying and just speaking over you and all of those things when you lost your husband. That was devastating. I remember exactly where I was when I saw that news. Um, but the one thing that baffled me at the time, and I, I was like, God, how is she doing this? Because you, you went through it, and I know it obviously was not easy. I know it's probably still not easy. But the one thing I saw not long after that was how you showed up for the people who were yet depending on you. And I know I work with clients, I know you do, who it's like pulling teeth just to get them to implement some of the things that are being taught or show up for themselves. How on earth after having that, I mean, just deep loss, I mean, tremendous tragedy in your life, How are you, how were you still able to show up and fully give of yourself the way that I observed you do and was absolutely just dumbfounded with how you were able to do that? Talk to us about what that is and where does that come from for you?
1: Everything is a process, right, Tish? So yes, when Mike passed away, it was devastating. I I was just Number one, I, I just, I got to share my truth. That's the only way I know to be. Yeah. Death is very difficult for me to deal with. And, and I know that's not popular, being a minister, having Christian faith, for me to say that. I have never dealt with death well. I, both of my parents are deceased, and I didn't deal with it well. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I don't deal with death well. This was extremely difficult because he was the love of my life. He was my yeah. biggest supporter. Yeah. He, he held your girl down. You know, he, he told me he had the book of Sharif. He knew just how to treat me, how to take care of me. I poured out and he knew how to pour back into me. We had so much in common. We did life together. We loved the same things. So truly, I, I was like, he's my one. We ride or die for each other, and he always promised me we'd be in the old folks' home chasing each other around in wheelchairs. And you know, it was just gonna be that whole thing. And so, for him to pass away, and the way that he passed away, I watched him bleed out on my living room floor. Um, you know, from the, the fistula that he had in his arm because he was on dialysis because of renal failure, and that fistula started bleeding. And he ended up losing so much blood that on his way to the hospital, he transitioned in the ambulance. But to see him laying in a pool of blood, to see that occur was traumatic for me. Yeah. And um, and I have a healthcare background. I worked in the emergency room at the county hospital. I mean, so it's not like I haven't been around, but to see your man right. to see your loved one in that position and, and you can't help him and to realize how quickly we bleed out it was it was just it was very traumatic and so after he passed away i was just i was devastated yeah and i was not sleeping i was not i was like i'm done i felt empty inside To be honest, I didn't think I was going to be able to continue doing what I love to do because I I didn't feel authentic anymore. I felt empty and I could not show up and put on a face and give y'all a woot woot and it wasn't authentic. It wasn't real. It wasn't. I, I couldn't face anyone. I was in my house. I was in my room. My family was worried about me. They were like, mom, you got it. You know, they stayed with me for the first month. But then my older son, you know, they had to go back to their home. You know, he has, a, he has three children, He, you know, and uh, life kind of had to go on. And it was very, I was just in a very, I don't want to say dark, but I was in a very, I was on the tip of a dark place. Yeah. And my husband was um, military, former military, and the military, they have a support group for spouses when their loved one passes away. So I was in contact with them. And they, they were so excellent. I mean, they surrounded me. They called me daily to check on me. Their group team was there for me. And one of the things that I asked them, I said, because I just want to be by myself. I don't want to go nowhere. I don't want to see nobody. I said, is that considered depression? Am I depressed? And she said, and this helped me. She said, remember back in the biblical days, back in the older days, Women had a time of mourning. They wore black and they had a time of mourning. She said, you're going through your season of mourning and it's okay. There's no written rule about what your season of mourning has to look like. And that set me free. And so I I was in the house because I felt safe in the house. When I went outside of the house, I felt uncovered because he covered me. Mm -hmm. And so when I left, I felt uncovered. I would go to places, people would invite me out and I would break down. I'd be crying. I, it was just a mess, but I felt safe in the house. But when I was in the house, I was staring at his things. I wouldn't move his thing. Everything he had the day that he transitioned, I left it. I wouldn't let nobody touch it. I wouldn't, you know, Mm -hmm. so I was laying in my bed one night because I couldn't sleep. I didn't sleep. I didn't literally I did not sleep for over a month, maybe an hour a day, maybe. But I was laying there and I was looking at his clothes that he had laid out for church because he passed on a Sunday morning. We didn't get to go to church. He had his suit and everything laid out. And I was laying there looking at his clothes and and the Lord spoke to me and said, Sharice, he's not coming back. You can keep looking at his stuff, all you want to You can set up shrines. You can do all that kind of stuff. But he's with me. He ain't coming back. Mm. Physically, he is not coming back. So you can choose to curl up and stay in your room, or you can choose to live your life. But he's not coming back.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: And when I heard that, the next day, I, as hard as it was, I went to the store. I bought these tubs. I placed all his belongings. The church during his celebration gave me a memory box. Yeah. I placed his rings and valuable things in the memory box. And I had to go ahead and pack those things up. And that started my healing. So that he passed at the end of November. That process was all of December. Yeah. January, I made the decision to fast. Mm-hmm. I did a 30-day fast. Mm-hmm. And I fast and pray. I told my family, y'all not gonna see me. I'm okay. I haven't gone off the deep end. I just need to spend some time with the Lord because I need him to heal me and I need him to get me right. And I need him to um to show me what lies in my future because for whatever reason in that moment I couldn't see it. Yeah. And so I did a 30 day shut in fast. Only thing I, I did was um drink liquids, water, uh, liquid soups. That's it for 30 days and pray. And the Lord met me in that place. And he told me, you know, you got a new normal. Life is not going to be anything like it was for you previously. You will have a new normal. You're okay. It's all good. We're going to make it through this. And so I did my 30-day fast by the end of January. I felt my help. Come on, girl. I I felt my help. I, I felt, you know. Uh, reinvigorated. I was like, okay, that get up, get up is still there. Okay, Laura, if you have returned it. I think I can do this. Your girl is coming back to life. And then the pandemic hit. Yes. And that actually has been the best thing for me. I know that so many people have lost loved ones. It's right. been tragic. Uh, you know, people have lost material things, jobs, everything. I get it. Yes. But for me, It was just what I needed. And I know that sounds weird, but it it shut everything down. It sent everybody into their corners and it gave me the space I needed to breathe. And it gave me the space I needed to really heal and to really revitalize and accept my new normal. And it just slowed everything down. You know, all the invitations stopped, all the events stopped. It was no expectation for me to show up and whoop, whoop, and be Sharice and all this stuff. And, you know, all of that left. And that was healing. That was the bomb that I needed. Uh, For that time. And so the more that I healed, the more that everything was shut down, the more that God began to just unleash what he had for me. And I was in a place to receive it. And, and, you know, it was time to do me and do what I do. It may be a little different, may look a little different. I may go to some different levels, um, but it was my time to step into my next level of success and it's a new normal it's a new place it's a new thing uh, but i had to go through that process to
0: get there i first of all i want to say thank you and applaud you for sharing it because number one i think that people because you're right people have lost tremendous things during this particular time however many people don't know that it's okay to be able to withdraw and have that space it's okay to take the time you need to heal, and that it's okay to be able to come out when you're ready. And you're, I know it. And I'm, I'm gonna ask you all to make sure you send Charisse a message and let her know how this episode has helped you because I know somebody's gonna get healed someone is going to have a transformation because of hearing your story. And I know this is not the first place you have you know, probably shared it, but I'm grateful that you're taking the time to share it with me and with our audience because people need to hear the whole story. We hear the, it was bad, then I was okay. We don't hear the in-between. We don't hear people talk about that deep, you know, like you said, on the brink of darkness type of story. So thank you so much for sharing this in. I will absolutely want for us to do a part two. We have to continue this conversation um, because the time goes so fast. Oh my God, it goes so fast. So before we wrap up, tell everybody who you believe you are uniquely gifted to serve and how people can get in touch with you.
1: I am uniquely
0: gifted to serve
1: fabulous, fierce, dynamic women who need a breakthrough, who are looking to go to their next level. See, part of how how God designed, I call it my ministry, my business, my coaching, whatever label you want to put on it. Right. But how he designed me is to meet women right where they are. Yeah. The falsehood is that women who are put together, who are killing the game, that they still don't have broken pieces. We do. We absolutely do. We still have a next level we need to get to. Just because we're killing the game, it doesn't mean that we don't need support and that we don't have some things that we got to revisit. We got some things in our past. We got some pieces that may still be out there. Those are the women that I come for. I I come for the women that still got a piece over here and a piece over here. They don't quite know why they're not quite getting to this next level. Why they're, and no matter what level they are, I work with women who are millionaires, women who are killing the game, CEOs. I work with women who are are house moms. I, I work with women from every facet of life, but the common denominator is that they still got some pieces out there. And I step in to really, through my organization, through my speaking, through my books, through whatever I do, I step in to be able to say, Girl, I got you. I've come just for you. And I'm going to meet you where you are. And then we're going to get to the next level because I can't get to the mountaintop and my sisters aren't there with me. We got to all be celebrating on the top of the mountain together. And Uh so if I got to come and get you and help you pick up those pieces so we can get you fully into where you need to be, then my purpose has been served. And that's what we do through the phenomenal um, the Phenomenal Woman Empowerment Network. That's what I do through Sharie Speaks, through my books, through my t-shirt line, all of that. So people can reach me. Look, you can just Google my name and you're going to find me. I'm yeah. all over the place, okay? <laughs> so you can just put it in Sharie Erby and you will find me. Uh, however, the uh, Women Woman Empowerment Network our website is mypwin.org, M-Y-P-W-E-N.org. And that will give you so much information about our organization. That's the nonprofit. Uh, you also can just go to sharicellurby.com. And that is my website as well. You can contact me through there. Link up with me on social media, you know, Facebook and uh, Instagram. I'm all out there. So pwen P-W-E-N will get you to me. Sharice L. Irving will get you to me and connect us. Uh, so it's very easy to find me. It, it, it doesn't take a lot of hard work. I love it. Love <laughs> it.
0: We'll put all of that in the show. Yeah. So to meet you. Um, but you all, don't forget the Phenomenal Women Empowerment Network is the place. Sharice, she has proven to you. She knows how to get from one place to another. So make sure you connect with Cherise Irby. Thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for being here. And we will schedule the continuation of this conversation. Absolutely. You got
1: it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You know that I love you so much. I have so much respect. And you're one of those people that I don't even have to talk to you daily because our spirits connect and I can feel your prayers. I can feel your thoughts. I can feel your hugs. So thank you for having my back uh, because spiritually having me is greater than any other component. And that's what I appreciate about you. Thank you so much. And I'm just happy to have been here. Thank you, girl. I appreciate you being on.
0: Thank you for listening to Networking School. Go grab your complimentary networking handbook at tishtimes.com and make sure to follow and subscribe to Networking School on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and all the wonderful spots you go to get your podcasts. I would be so very grateful if you left a review of the show. Make sure you follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember that relationships are the catalyst for success. So get out there and make some intentional, authentic connections.